Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I am your host, Therese Cerise, and normally what I do is read from my book of poetry entitled A Strong-Willed Mind Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. However, on this evening, I will not be doing that. Instead, I am going to read from my novel entitled Perfect Illusions of Love, a novel by yours truly. So here we go. This one is titled Diamond, and I'm only going to read a portion of this chapter. Here we go. I led the typical teenage life in my younger years. For the most part, my daily routine consisted of books, boys, books, and more boys. However, once I landed my first job, all of that changed. The only things I knew were work and home, but not much in between. I remember my very first job as a financial advisor because I was hired on the spot. Making money has always been one of my biggest passions. In my diary, I used to create many vision boards. I would accent the corners of the pages with dollar signs. I would cut out and paste photos of my favorite beauty products, different beauty salons, fancy cars, big houses, different countries I always dreamed of visiting, you name it. I would place any and every positive phrase you can think of in the middle of those pages. As a young, at a young age, I did not fully understand the value of money. However, watching my parents work as hard as they did taught me how it would play an important role in my life someday. So I made it a point throughout the years to nurture this thought pattern. Nowadays, if a business venture doesn't generate any revenue for me, it definitely won't keep my interest. Trust me when I tell you, this diva is all about making her coins. I remember the day I ran past a local pet store while I took a morning jog. I never really paid any attention to it before or even bothered looking inside. For some reason, I looked through the window on that particular day and I saw a beautiful Siamese kitten with baby blue eyes. I stopped abruptly and went inside. I then asked the store clerk if I could hold the beautiful little kitten. She stole my heart instantly and I named her Diamond. She is the best pet companion anyone could ever hope for. And needless to say, I tell her everything. I'll never forget the day I came home to tell Diamond about meeting Mr. Clarence Everett Thompson. He was the guest speaker at my job that day, and he spoke to the audience about financial freedom, as well as the steps to get there. He was a man after my own heart. He told us how we only needed to take five steps to experience financial um, to experience freedom financially. I could tell he was passionate about his craft. The first step was to acknowledge why we spend. The second step was to save a portion of our monthly income. The third step was to set a goal for diminishing our debts. The fourth was eliminating unnecessary debt. 
And the fifth and final step was building a nest egg for emergencies. I was smitten by his, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. I was smitten by his charisma and his low key swag. So I approached him after his speech. We casually exchanged business cards. He and I agreed to meet up for a cup of coffee a few days later at a local coffee shop in Austin. On our first date, we hadn't even settled into our chairs comfortably before he unpacked his laptop. He flipped it towards me and asked me to take a personality test as politely as he could. I know, right? Sounds like a weird first date. What's even more bizarre is this didn't turn me off at all. I was actually intrigued by him and I wanted to get to know him better. Besides, he had a unique approach and I liked him. I was a little curious too to find out what the results of the test would be, especially since I had never taken a personality test before. So if you like to hear more, read more, see more, please go to my website at IamTeresaReese.com. All right. So how are y'all doing? I hope that you have had the most amazing evening, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. And ironically, what I really wanted to talk about is money management. So as I've been working on myself and as I've been taking this journey, what I've come to realize is that it is very important to establish a healthy relationship with your finances. So one of the things that I have learned, and this is just through trial and error. This is something that I didn't read in a book. This is something that I literally learned through trial and error is not to put all your eggs in one basket. So if you're wanting to know what I mean by that is that not only when it comes to your sources of income, should you have the mindset of not putting all your eggs in one basket. I try to have multiple streams of income because you just never know when one of those wells will run dry. So it is always wise, in my opinion, to make sure that you have more than one resource, more than one source, more than one seed factor. Um, so that way, if for any reason, one of those avenues of income, <clears throat> excuse me, slows down or diminishes, you still have other streams of income to pull from. So I know maybe some of us have heard this is why the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Well, I believe one of the reasons why the rich get richer is because they truly believe in investing. They create a healthy relationship with their money. They allow money to work for them instead of against them. And the more that I watch wealthy people and I see their habits, the more that I recognize that that's the one thing that they have, they pretty much the majority of them have in common. They don't operate in lack or they don't offer, operate in the fear of lack. That's the better way for me to put it. 
And so whenever they're investing, they know that whenever they're investing, they may run a risk of losing. So if they have stock in a certain um, in a certain market, if they have 401k, if whatever it is, um, what they have done is created the mindset that I can always make this back. And so it takes away that level of fear. And once that level of fear has been stripped, all of a sudden money starts to come to them. And so making sure that you have more than one source of income, as well as making sure that you have more than one way of investing your income, whether it be your own personal business, whether it be stock, whether it be the 401k, whatever it is, whether it be a separate account that you are using to build your savings, however that transpires, having the mindset that more than one income in a sense will become your norm or that you should have that as your norm helps you to prepare for quote unquote rainy days. So for me, I have multiple children. So there are times that my children will reach out to me and say, mom, can you send me this? Can you cash at me this amount? Mom, can you cash? You know, depending, sometimes it's two, three kids. Sometimes it's one. And so what I have done is established an an extra fund account to where whenever they are asking for something, I have my primary account where I pay my primary bills. I have a secondary account where I want to do anything leisure, then it comes out of that account. Um, If I want to take the kids out to eat, if I want to go hang out, if I want to go to the movies, if I want to treat someone to a meal, um, if whatever the extra is, there's an account for that. And then I have an account that if my children are like, well, mom, you know, do you have such and such or can I borrow such and such? Okay, side note, nine times out of 10, when somebody asks you if they can borrow something, if you have the mindset that you're going to bless them with it instead of them borrowing it from you, then chances are you'll be able to forgive them a lot faster. So I never really look at any time that my children say, can they borrow? I never, ever look at it like I'm getting that money back, nor do I have an expectation of getting it back. It's an automatic gift, just automatically. That way it takes that feeling of you owe me out of the equation. Um, And then because God loves a cheerful giver, I love gifting them anytime I have anything extra, um, anytime that it's gotten to the point now that they don't even have to say that they need it. Um, If I hear a need, I am trying to meet that need. And so but there's an account for that. Also, I have set that aside. So that way, if that account is exhausted and they're like, Mom, can I I can honestly say. I don't have it right now because I don't. If that account is exhausted, I don't have it right now. But when I get it and if you still need it, then I will touch base with you. So having multiple streams of income, that also allows you to be able to do that. That allows you to direct your money and tell it where it needs to go. (laughs) Investing it, saving it, spending it wisely. If you are a person that has been... I believe they call it a spendthrift. 
which I don't even know if that makes sense. But anyway, if you're someone that loves to spend money, then you may have to create a budget for yourself. And the reason why you're creating the budget for yourself is because you don't want to spend it all in one day. Um, I know of a couple of people that it's like the moment that they get paid, give it a couple of days and there's no more money. Well, investing would be wise in that regard, because even if let's just say that you get your paycheck and you know that your bills are a certain amount. Well, if you have invested, you already know a portion of that, a percentage of that is going to go into your 401k. Another percentage of that is going to go into your stock if you opt to do stock. And then your actual check, then you got your benefits or whatever, all that's taken out. Well, then once you get all of that taken, then you're looking at the amount that you have. If you create a budget for yourself and you're just like, okay, so I'm just going to throw a number out there. This is not what I'm making. This is something, this is an example. So please, if you're hearing this, don't be trying to count my dollars, okay? Because this is just an example. So let's just say you're bringing home $100 a month. So you're bringing home $100 a month, but you know, out of that, $20 is going toward the rent. And then you know, out of that, another $10 is going toward your electricity bill. So automatically, you know, okay, I'm taking care of my responsibilities. I'm only going to have $70. If you're smart, what you will do, not saying you're not smart. Sometimes, you know, we just got to be taught these things. This is for the people that were not taught these things. So pay yourself. So 10% of that, of that $100, you're going to put $10 to the side. That $10 is for you. So then you have, you know that you're already going to pay the $20 for the rent. You know, you're already going to pay the $10 for the electricity bill. And then, you know, you're going to pay the $10 for yourself. That $60 is where you're going to start trying to figure out what is going to go towards your groceries, what is going to go towards your gas, what is going to go toward, um, anything. We'll just say miscellaneous because I'm not going to go through all the different things. But anyway, so you know that you have $60 to work with. Let's just say all your bills calculated to 40 bucks. So you had $20 left over. If you have that $20 left over, wisdom should tell you, I've paid all of my bills. I have paid myself. Of course, there are people that believe in paying God first. So if you're one of those people that believe in paying God first, then you take that 10% out first. So then you got 90. You take another 10% out because you got you. Now you have 80 because you're paying yourself. Um, And then you have the $20 for the rent. And then you have the $10 for the electricity bill. So we're talking 20, 20 and 10. That is 50 bucks. So you have $50 to work with. With that $50 that you work with, if your bills came to 40 bucks, then you got $10. You can choose to put $2 in a separate account, five different ways. You can split it five different ways. You can split it three different ways. You can split it two different ways. It's up to you. But over a period of time, that will increase. So if you, the longer that you're employed with your certain employer or the longer, you know, even if you have multiple jobs, you can even do it to where your primary job pays your primary bills. Your secondary job is where you build your savings. If you have a third job, that could be to where you are um, creating, well, the savings is for the second job. So then the third job could be for anything extracurricular. Hopefully y'all are catching my drift. And I'm sure there are some really, really wise people out there. This is just 
Like I said, this is this is just me trying to help somebody out. I know this is not going to apply to most. If you know a financial advisor, hey, kudos to you. But for those of you that are like, I can't afford a financial advisor, let's just keep it simple. Let's keep it simple. By keeping it simple, you are able to create your own way of maintaining your budget. But if you don't put all your eggs in one basket... It will help to eliminate the stress of anxiety when one of those primary two of those, uh, you know, whenever if you have multiple streams of income, when one of them, it gets exhausted, then you have others to pull from. But if you only have one primary way of income, when that one gets exhausted, it creates stress. So I'm trying to help whomever it is to eliminate stress. One of the ways to do that is to tap into your creativity and figure out a way to be able to have many streams of income. And for some people, it's three streams of income. For some people, it's two streams of income. For other people, it's seven to ten streams of income. It's whatever floats your boat. It's whatever gives you peace. But... The actual principle of all of this is to try not to put all your eggs in one basket because rainy days will come. That's just a part of life. You will have your sunny days and then you're going to have your rainy days. And so being able to prep yourself and prepare yourself for those rainy days, it just makes it easier. This is something that I learned from my father. So we were having a conversation one time and he literally just kind of broke everything down. And he was telling me the reason why it's important for you to prepare for a rainy day is because let's say you do lose your primary job. It takes a while to rebuild for those of you that know what it's like to lose everything and have to rebuild. And so if you have prepared for the storm, if you have prepared for that situation, then when it comes up, yes, it's still going to, you're going to feel some type of way. Anytime that life shifts, anytime life changes, we all go through that. You're going to feel some type of way. But once you get past the shock or once you get past the disappointment or once you get past the hurt, the pain, all of that, then you're faced with your reality. And if you have taken the time out like the ant to build during or to prep during um, when you didn't necessarily need to prep, but you, you know, you were wise in doing so, then whenever the storm hits, it doesn't catch you off guard. So I'm saying that because with everything that's going on in this world right now, we don't know when the storm is going to come down our road, down our road, down our road, (laughs) down our street. We don't know when it's going to come. But the blessing is to be prepared. So I hope that this encourages someone. If I sounded like I was all over the place, it's because I probably was. But hopefully you could catch a nugget off in there somewhere. Um, I am going to conclude my episode on tonight. But please do me a huge favor and take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl, Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye.